welcome back to Cover Stories B-Sides. Today, we have the privilege of having uh, another guest, Sean Gesse, a.k.a. Seanan Taylor Thomas, a.k.a. LaShawn James, a.k.a. Sean the Dead, a.k.a. my girlfriend, a.k.a. what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Fiona Apple's cover of Across the Universe, originally by the Beatles. So jumping right into it, when do you, uh, we talked about this earlier, but share with everybody else, when was the first time you remember hearing this song? The first time I heard this song, like her cover of it, yeah. or the first time I heard it was with you, actually. It was, you had like a Spotify playlist or a shuffle or something, but that was the first time I heard it. How much did you cry when you heard it? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is one of my favorite favorite covers of all time, uh, and I heard I heard it for the first time watching MTV Two, like or maybe it's MTV like late late at night, as you do when you're like twelve and thirteen, and between room raiders, between and room, my mom. Yeah, this was actually before those were like big things. This is like I don't want to know a time before room raiders. <laughs> this is like ninety eight, ninety nine, and the music video. And I had seen Pleasantville. I don't remember the song in Pleasantville. I don't know if it even is actually in the movie. I just know it's on the soundtrack. And uh, I fell in love. I fell in love with her all over again because I was like, I I had a huge crush on Fiona Apple. And, <laughs> and why don't you marry her then? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I don't think I'm cool enough for her. Um, no, it's true. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I remember falling in love with her and just like she looks so like happy and there's like chaos going around uh, around her have you seen the music video for this no so you've seen pleasantville right yeah i've seen pleasantville it's been a while and i've i think i've only seen it when it was playing on tbs if i'm being honest um so there's a part in there where uh people were or so pleasantville for those of you who haven't seen it it's, it's a movie about this tv show called pleasantville and toby mcguire and reese witherspoon are brother and sister toby mcguire is like a big fan of it and don knotts of all people is this like special TV repairman, magical repairman who puts Tobey Maguire and Reese Witherspoon into the show. It's a black and white show, leave it to beaver style. And, uh, Reese Witherspoon is kind of like a nineties, like kind of rebel girl. And, um, she, she starts fucking people in it <laughs> and it makes everything go crazy. And it goes from like, everything turns from black and white to color. And like, it's all up when you find yourself, you turn into color. And, um, Long story short, there's a part where uh, the the local diner, the guy that owns a local diner, starts painting and starts using these colors, and everyone's freaked out by it. So they like cra- crash his like diner, and the music video for um, Across the Universe by Fiona Apple is that part like redone, but it's her like in the middle of everything, acting really like uh, everything's like innocuous to her. She's just kind of like having her own good time smiling listening to the song and singing at the same time and you know the, the tagline in the, the song is nothing's going to change my world so it's kind of like befitting of that it's a really great music video i recommend it, watching yeah it. it sounds like a really good music video <laughs> um fun fact paul thomas anderson actually directed it the music video ah uh, yes. yes yes quite yes paul thomas anderson <laughs> of boogie nights fame who was he in boogie nights he's the one who directed boogie nights he directed Boogie Nights. He directed the Fiona Apple video. Yeah, and Magnolia. He has the best resume. Yeah, he really does. Um, inherent Vice. Um, he could do nothing else. He, in fact, he should do nothing else. We should do just a, preserve the legacy. He did four. He did four Fiona Apple music videos. In fact, 
This should be. Why? We should have been. We should have gotten this as a crossover with director showdown. <laughs> their Paul Thomas Anderson um, season. Um, but it's a beautiful music video. It's just so great. And like, she looks great in it. And she's just, it's just, it's just a real good representation of the song. Um, that being said, uh, when was the first time you heard the Beatles version? Was it today? Yeah, <laughs> it was on the way to Cover Story Studio. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think of that version? I feel like it was the situation where I heard the first few notes and then immediately was kind of thinking about other things and I don't really remember <laughs> <laughs> what what the full experience was which maybe that is the experience I didn't connect to it very well it was written so the original recording of it was put out on this charity album called um no one's gonna nothing's gonna change our world or no one's gonna change our world it, it was for the WWF, aka the World Wildlife Fund, not the Wrestling Federation. Thanks for assuming I didn't have a tote bag <laughs> back in the day. I mean, um, so so yeah, this is this uh, British comedian um, wanted to put together this this uh, this album of you know compilation of different artists to raise money for the WWF, and he walked in on them recording, um, doing a recording session, and he's like, "Oh, this would be great for the compilation." So that first version has like these two teenagers who are like fans singing harmonies and they have like bird and like animal noises in the background. And uh, I, I couldn't find that version. I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't look very hard for it, <laughs> but then two years later they released it on uh, let it be, which was the final Beatles album. And that's the, the version that most people are aware of. Mm, yes. Yes. The version I was. Familiar <laughs> with. Um, I, I know this might sound like blasphemy to a lot of people, uh, especially a lot of guests we've had on, but I, I love Fiona Apple's version much more. Is that blasphemy? Is that like a terrible thing to say? No, I, nobody's contesting the Beatles' place in yeah. history. I feel like well, I think they're any, all going to be tens. <laughs> anytime anybody questions the Beatles, it's just like, oh. It's not like you're questioning Beyonce. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's for another podcast. We'll, we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, there's definitely this stigma about like, you know, that they're untouchable and then things like that. And I get it because they're having a, a lot of really bad Beatles covers. But I don't think this is one of them. I think this is one of the better ones, if not the best one. Do you know of any other Beatles covers that you can think of that you like or that were, were bad that you didn't like? Beatles covers that were bad? I don't think so. Nothing's coming to mind. I feel like all of their songs are beautiful. And I feel like I saw that movie yesterday and it was a nice tribute to everything, like sort of a timeline of their music. And he did a really good job covering them. And then Ed Sheeran told him to change Hey Jude to Hey Dude. So that that's a terrible cover. <laughs> that was a mistake. <laughs> so you liked Yesterday. I haven't seen Yesterday, but you weren't really into Across the Universe, the movie, right? Because we tried to watch it together. I don't know if it was this you were- Oh, yeah. With Evan Rachel Wood? Yeah. Oh yeah, I hated that. You I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think I could finish it. I don't know why though. I had like all of the things I like about movies. I love musicals and, and Evan Rachel Wood. So I don't know why I didn't get into it more. Well, did it feel too turgy maybe? It was definitely a turgy movie, but I think I didn't like the way one of the songs that they opened with was kind of a slowed down version. It was like the, I want to hold your hand. Uh -huh. I didn't like how they did that. And then there was just no <laughs> recovering from that, I guess. 
Oh, it's funny you say that because uh, the original version of Across the Universe is a little bit faster than Fiona Apple's version. Hers is a little slower than the original. And the first version of the song I heard was Fiona Apple's and I can't unhear it to the point where like it's like I said it backwards just right now like oh it's a faster version like no that's the original hers is slower it just sounds right slower I think yeah there's something about Fiona Apple that's very soulful I think yeah definitely and I think that's part of why I love the cover so much I mean someone else could have done it the exact same way but there's just something about her voice and and how it feels really genuine. I think also because the music video is in my mind and just seeing her like enjoy mm-hmm. listening to and singing along to it's, it's really, it's really uh, a different kind of uh, uh, experience, I guess. Yeah. yeah. She's very sincere and I haven't seen the video, but I do really like her cover of the song. Um, and you're in a Fiona Apple in general, right? You like a lot of her songs. Yeah, I think I, so I, I hadn't been aware of Fiona Apple during probably like the height of her career. I think I, I was maybe a little too young. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I remember the first time I really like discovered her music was after I graduated undergrad and I, it was like exactly the right time because I thought I was moving to Moscow after I graduated and then that kind of didn't work out. And I was living at home in Virginia feeling just very restless and lost. And then, you know, I heard Fiona Apple for the first time was hugely impactful. And I was like, yeah, I feel like she also (laughs) has gone through this period of adjustment that didn't feel quite right. Yeah, I I, I kind of liken her to like, the 90s version of what Lana Del Rey is to a lot of young mm-hmm. women now. Yeah. It's definitely, and then it's just so interesting because I feel like Alanis Morissette gets a lot of credit for that, you know, being the the coming of age, you know, I'm yeah, woman, hear me roar, <laughs> you know. But I, I, I feel like Fiona Apple gets forgotten about a lot, even though she probably was, she might have been more popular than Alanis Morissette at one point in time. Yeah. I, well, like I said, I didn't, I wasn't really aware of her during the height of her career. So I can't comment on like the popularity between her and Alanis, but I feel like Alanis's reach seemed wider. So I feel like it's more like if you're a Fiona fan, it's maybe a little bit more intimate or at least it feels that way. It's like a smaller clubhouse or something. That's true. It it definitely feels a little bit more niche, but I remember my like introduction to her she won for she won MTV award video music award for Criminal, mm-hmm. which is a very like risque music video. I and mean, she was probably in her late teens, maybe early twenties when she did that video. And yeah, she was battling anorexia. She had um, history of like uh, you know domestic abuse, and um, you know it, in a way that that song is kind of like um, it, it's uh, it's taking back the power kind of situation and i remember when she won the music video there was all this fanfare and you know it was really you know it's like oh she's like cool she's punk rock and this and that and she went up on stage and was like you know all this is bullshit this is not real like this is like she was basically calling it like the commercialism of mtv Mm -hmm. in a way like it i I don't want to say it killed her career because she still has had a great career she's still revered now i think Lil Nas x even sampled her recently um but uh the duo i never knew i needed yeah there's a whole thing i think they they might collaborate actually (laughs) perfect (laughs) she she kind of called him out a little bit like playfully in a video recently 
um she was like she was real like it's so weird because she's she's like older now so she was like kind of like cool aunt about it she was mm. like she was like asking for her props about the sample and then i think he might have said something about collaborating and she was like yeah i'm down i don't know i, I don't remember exactly how it went down but it's interesting but yeah she's still revered now and i think that was kind of a point in time where she was like taking the artist leap out of the mtv spotlight and you know she kind of went her own way and still managed to to be really successful on that her sounds own like right. yeah her Sinead moment yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, no one was like trying to break her records or anything or like steamroll her <laughs> records or um i guess if mtv's on a different level than, than the catholic the church <laughs> um but uh what other i mean we talked about Atlantis a little bit were there any other um you know artists from that era that have kind of had an effect on you from that era specifically like the 90s yeah or just growing up in you know early preteens and, and teenager era yeah. i feel like um when i was growing up listening to music i always like we always had the radio on in the car. My mom used to listen to this channel 92.5. So it was kind of more like Matchbox 20 and yeah. Jim Blossoms, like better than Ezra. So I love them. And that's kind of who I grew up with. And then our neighbors down the street were in a cover band called the Melonheads. Oh, and really? Yeah. And it's because they were all bald. And I didn't know <laughs> that's why they named themselves that. But they were really good. And so they would do covers. And the, like, <laughs> the bald lead singer in his Hawaiian shirt would do, like, this great Rob Thomas oh, impression. Really? Yeah. So I feel like those were really fun. Those were good memories. So I liked, I liked that kind of music. That's a good name, a good band name for a Lemonheads cover band of bald people. Because it's <laughs> Melon yeah. well, it's taken. So, <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah. I mean, we, we talked a little bit about you know the, the '90s and Fiona Apple um, going into like high school and, and and even college. I mean, were there artists out there like that had that? I mean, we talked about Linda Ray a little bit. Are there other artists that kind of had that that kind of empowering effect on you? Mm. In high school, I feel like it was, I, I've never really been um, super musically savvy. <laughs> so great choice of guests for your <laughs> podcast. But I feel like I was more, um, I kind of just went with what everyone was listening to, which would have been like Panic at the Disco and Fall Out Boy, My Chemical Romance. I loved, loved, loved Green Day. That was, I was obsessed. They were my favorite. I went back in time because, again, I was way late on the train for them. <laughs> um, so Green Day was, like, hugely important for my high school life. And then college, I was, like, listening to rock a lot. And then I transferred schools, and my friends were really into Young Money. <laughs> so that was, like... <laughs> kind of a transition point i guess <laughs> so uh, uh, um do you feel that like Nicki minaj is kind of on that same at least early Nicki minaj maybe the current Nicki minaj is on the same level of like woman empowerment and you know does she have like the same effect if you want to app maybe to a different degree or a different perspective as That's far as taking question. back yeah because you're really into her you, you like lizzo you like uh ellie golding's like Oh yeah, Ellie. I love Ellie Golding. 
Um, I feel like with, I read this quote from Nicki Minaj once where she said, I'm the greatest female. No, she didn't say female. She just said, I'm one of the greatest lyricists of my time. I'm not supposed to say that, but it's true. (laughs) It was like, oh, okay. I like, I like the sentiment. I like the idea behind that. Imagine being that confident in anything you do that you would hold yourself up to all of these different lyricists and musicians and be like, yeah, I definitely earned my place at this table. Yeah. So I feel like that mentality, even like beyond just her music is always going to make her someone who's like someone to watch, I think. Yeah. I, I think my real introduction to her was Monster by Kanye West. And she's on that track with like three of the greatest rappers of all time, you know, Kanye, Jay-Z, Rick Ross is on there too. Mm-hmm. Who else is on there? It's Kanye, Jay-Z, Rick Ross, and... Bon Iver's not a rapper, so I'm not including him <laughs> in this conversation. <laughs> yeah. But she kills it. She, like, destroys them. Like, she, her verse is the best verse on that track. I know. It's definitely one of the most memorable. And she even says, 50K for a verse, no album out. Yeah. My money's so tall that my Barbie's got to climb it. <laughs> and so I feel like... Hotter than the Middle Eastern climate. Um, <laughs> but like, I mean, granted, I mean, I'm not trying to take anything away from her because she really destroys that. But like Jay-Z's kind of phoning it in and Kanye's kind of taking a step back. But even if you compare it to their other songs, like that, at that point in time, I was like, oh, she's, she's going to like take this. And then she kind of went like, the pop route, which is fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, she, that's what she wants to do. That's really cool. But I still hold her in high regard as, as a lyricist and as, as a rapper. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like it's always kind of disappointing for super fans when an artist transitions into a different genre. Yeah. But there's something to be said for how hard that is. I feel like to go from being a rapper to a pop singer or like Lil Nas X, yeah. <laughs> who like broke the country charts. I feel like that's always really exciting. That's yeah, like cool movement. It's cool. I think the the thing that's nice about a lot of what artists are doing it now is it's still genuine. It's not. It doesn't feel like uh you know a, a publicity move or anything. Yeah, it's yeah. not like their brand managers coming up to them saying, "Hey, you have to do this with so and so to appeal to the country fans or to appeal to the rock fans or rap fans." It's more like, "Hey, like I like this person's music. I'm going to collaborate with them. I'm going to open up my doors to this and see what happens." Yeah, I think cuz people aren't static and I feel like you're allowed yeah. to like multiple genres. It it must be really difficult to attach yourself to one style of music for an entire career. I mean, some people thrive and do really well with it, but I think it it makes total sense to me why you would want to try something different. Yeah. And you hear that, I feel like you hear that less and less now. I think when I, I remember being on like social media and people's profiles would say things like, I like all music except country and rap. And now you don't really see that as often. You don't see people who kind of yeah, like. Yeah, who just write off an yeah. entire genre. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then not to mention like genre is so hard to quantify or qualify now. It's just so difficult. I mean, you see this kind of with Little Nas X a little bit. Granted, a lot of that's rooted in racism, um, but <laughs> but even beyond that, I mean, it, it it sounds like a country song and it also sounds like a hip hop song. So there's, it, it's a gray area to where it's both, you know. Yeah, but I always hated that question. I feel like when you're first meeting somebody, it's not uncommon for them to ask, like, "Oh, what kind of music do you like?" Yeah, <laughs> I'm like. Oh, this feels like a trap. It's like the litmus test to yeah. determine whether you're cool or not. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, 
I mean, where does Despacito fall? Is that? (laughs) (laughs) My answer always changes depending on who's asking the question or what I've gathered about the person asking the question. Just because like if my aunt is asking me this question, I'm not going to start talking about like the Pixies and like math rock and like things like that because she's going to stop listening after I start talking about polyrhythms (laughs) and things like that. Um, I always kind of panic at that question. It's kind of like in when we watch Mallrats together and she realizes it's Brody and she asks him which comic book character he'd be. He's like, oh, that's such a great question. Like, what what am I looking at? Like, I think I'm just strength, personality, you know, like that's how I get about that question. About music? Just about that question specifically. Like, oh, what kind of music do you listen to? Because it's really hard to answer that without sounding like a tool. Oh, I just listen to good music. Get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I just listen to music I like. and But then that sounds like you're dismissing the question too. Yeah, but I feel like it's also, if you say, if you do say a genre, like you told me, I think you were talking to somebody once and you asked them if they liked a genre and they, or you asked them what they liked and she gave you a genre and you asked if she liked certain musicians and she was like, Oh, maybe I'm like (laughs) not really into this. Like I thought I was, I feel like it's music elitism is is real sometimes. Oh yeah. People will ask you about a band. If you don't know them, then you don't really like the genre. (laughs) I, I, I feel like I see that a lot. I mean, we, there's obviously a stigma about it where music that or bands that have a primarily male audience and if a girl goes to that concert or like wears their shirt, they're going to get fucking quizzed about it, you know, saying, oh, well, what are your three favorite songs or what album, who was on this album, shit like that. And oh, this st- yeah. It's, have you ever run into stuff like that? And being like a Green Day fan, has someone ever like tried to quiz you? Other than you. I've uh, never tried to do that with <laughs> yes, you. you no. Um, no, but I feel like this is more of like a sports ball thing, actually. Yeah. Like if you say like, oh my God, if you are a woman who likes football, no one A believes you. And then they'll <laughs> ask you in nineteen eighty seven, who was responsible for the most touchdowns in one season? There's some shit they Googled like 10 yeah, minutes before they asked like, you. It can be super obscure, random little factoid. And if you don't know it, then you don't like football. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's something I've always tried to be conscious of. There are like, when I ask people certain things, when they, when I find out they like a band that I like, I try to phrase those questions. I, I, I want to ask questions just to see like what they think about certain songs and things like that it's really hard for it not to come off as like me trying to like question their fanhood or whatever. And I know cause I've been on the other end of that much less obviously to like a lesser degree, but I've still been in that position and it doesn't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, going back to like Fiona Apple, um, I'm going to transition into asking you, what are some of your favorite songs by her? Not to quiz you, just because I'm curious. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> Name three of her three of her songs. No, oh, what's what, what's some song you really like? Yeah, I the first one I heard, I'll just say it was criminal. Yeah, um, and that was I thought it was so beautiful, and I loved it. And you know, it's obviously her most popular, probably well known yeah. song. But I mean, for a reason, I feel like it's it's really good. I'll be honest. I think that's the only song I can name other than across the universe by her right now. Yeah. Without like being reminded of them. There were a few others that I used to like just 
listen on repeat and that I'm like totally drawing a blank right now, but I feel like she, it was like, I'd have to be in a, a certain mood or hearing the music would put me in that mood. And it was always, it was good, like studying music or good, like wind down music. I felt like. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think one of my favorite things about her, other than her appearance on the Video Music Awards, was uh, I think it was her second, maybe her third album, which has like, it's 100 words in the album title. I can't, do you remember what I'm talking about? <laughs> no. It's like, it's a super long title where if you like look it up on iTunes or whatever, or even probably Spotify, it just, after like the 30th word, it's just like dot, dot, dot. <laughs> But it's just a really like long and it, and it was done on purpose. Obviously, it's like kind of tongue in cheek. It was, you know, it was kind of her having fun with it from what I understand. Um, I, I love that 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 was in the late 90s, maybe early 2000s. That predated a lot of like the third wave emo scene where like they had these super long titles and, and things like that. I think it's so it's so interesting to look back at her and see the kind of influence she's had that people don't really um, attribute to her. yeah. Um, you know, we, we talked about Lando Ray, but I feel like Billie Eilish reminds me so much of Fiona Apple. Yeah. And no. I think even like, um, a lot of writers and like female artists in non-music spaces have like cited Fiona Apple as a big influence for them for kind of the same reasons. Like it, it's kind of this like coming of age, coming to terms with yourself moment yeah. that she inspired or just like validated, I guess. Yeah, and I think you, you either you or my coworker um, Kelly were the first people to like mention Billie Eilish to me maybe like a year or two ago. Oh and really? She, yeah. No, I think it was me because I made <laughs> you listen to Bellyache and you hated. It. I didn't hate it. I just wasn't into it. <laughs> I really like bad guys. I think. What did you say? Ugh, this is boring. <laughs> we had to change it. We listened to the whole thing. I think. No, we did it. There was another song you showed me. It was the one that you we talked about on the finale of the last season that was really like we listened to it in the car. Oh, Purity Ring? Was, was it? it Purity Ring? It's a song about like cutting somebody. Oh yeah. That was Purity <laughs> Ring? Yeah, Purity Ring, Fire Shrine, where she talks about like cutting herself open. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think maybe those crossed wires in my brain or something because yeah i wasn't into that <laughs> oh wait really it was all right it just wasn't something the purity ring one wasn't your oh i thought you liked it it was it was all right that's fine i didn't hate it <laughs> we, we don't have to spend more time on this but <laughs> i so because i'm not someone who's very knowledgeable about music i love it when people educate me about it and so when I was in grad school, my friend Vicky, if I was like, I'm really stressed, she would make me a playlist for that. Or I was like, I need something to gas me up. I have a test. She would make me a playlist for that. And I feel like through that, she introduced me to so many talented artists and like specifically female artists. Yeah. So that was the first, my first exposure to like Billie Eilish was probably in like 2015 is the first time ever in my life that I've ever been able to say like, Oh yeah, I knew them before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they <were> cool. That's but, nuts. She was like what? 13 at that point. Yes. And I had no <laughs> idea. And I was like, when I was 13, I was like <laughs> watching Lizzie McGuire <laughs> and wishing I had a cartoon alter ego. <laughs> um, that's funny you say that. Cause have you, I don't think I've made you watch the Nardwar interview with Billie Eilish. Have I? 
No. Um, she, he got her a uh, a sleeping bag of Lizzie McGuire, <laughs> and she didn't know what it was. That hurts me on so many <laughs> levels. <laughs> I mean, she was like three when it was popular. <laughs> yeah, but like I, first of all, I want a sleeping bag. And <laughs> second of all, this is like a get off my lawn moment. <laughs> I just feel like I'm still too young to be having. Um. So when we were doing playlists for Sticker Fridge, you made one that was really cool that had a lot of cool songs with memories attached to it. Mm-hmm. Do you, when it comes to like attaching those memories to songs, is this something that you feel like, were those songs just playing during the time or like, is it just something that reminds you of it because that's what you were thinking about when the story happened? How does that normally come to? I think it can be either that it was playing during the moment or it's like a song that I had on repeat during like the month that a memory occurred. So like, The summer after my junior year of college, I was having like the time of my life. I was, I remember I started it. I went to Atlantic City to stay with a friend and then I went to Chicago and then I was doing this research study on obesity in Virginia. So it was like, it was all these different things were happening. I was in all these different places and I just remember there was like five songs from that summer. So I could probably just like rotate them through memories from that period, but they maybe weren't necessarily playing like at the time. So it's more about just like the, the, as a general kind of thing, it remind it makes you, when you listen to it, it reminds you of that, of that time and yeah. place. That's cool. I, I like that. I, I like having, listening to different stories. I loved reading your, you know, when you made your playlist, that was a lot of fun to read through and <laughs> see how the memories associated with it. Especially because like the songs, I think G6 was one of them. Yeah. And like I was, when I first started reading it before you like really told me about it, I was expecting it to be something like, oh, like we flew in a G6 or something. But no, it was like, <laughs> just like being in the club and like running into assholes and stuff like that. So I think it's cool to like associate those, those kinds of songs, just associate any kind of song with, with that memory, even though it may not have anything to do with the memory itself. Is a G6 like a normal airplane also? Who's written like, in a G6? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I've never been to Atlantic City. I don't know how it works out oh, there. Oh, so I, <laughs> some background. I grew up on the on the East Coast. And so you could drive from Pennsylvania to Atlantic City. And it was, it was really easy. Why well, know that? I just no. thought like, like, oh, like we went to Atlantic City. And no, not in like a helicopter. We ended up in a G6 with some billionaire. And that's what I was expecting. Like I was like, oh, like this is going to be nuts. No, we were it like, was still a fun there's story. like four people per one bunk bed. And <laughs> like, it was that kind of trip. <laughs> um, so are there any, do you have any final thoughts about the cover about the Beatles version or the original version, <laughs> the Beatles. Um, anything about either you know either either one of them or Fiona Apple in general? Mm, no, I the I think the Beatles are fantastic. If I didn't make that clear before, <laughs> <laughs> like it sounded pretty shady. What don't I said. at you. <laughs> yeah, don't at me. I love them. Fiona Apple is is also very talented. That's. Those are my final thoughts. <laughs> it's it's interesting about the the Beatles just because um I was watch I was look I didn't know they were on Spotify so I was finding them on finding the songs on YouTube earlier, and um it's it's so interesting to see how many people in the comments had like genuine comments about like 
they wanted to kill themselves and then they decided to listen to the song one last time and it, it made them change their mind or there was one guy whose mom died and you know he kept it together and the doctor would told him that they need to get the body and stuff like that he said he kept it together and he walked into the elevator and there was like a string version of across the universe and he just started crying in the elevator and it's just so interesting like how much of an effect that song has had on, on people and, and in different different moments whether it's you know a loved one dying or mm-hmm. when they felt really down and it cheered them up and um i think the thing that's interesting about the original recording of the song is that like they only had a mono version of it and they've sped it up several times which changes the key which is why probably probably why i i feel like the fiona apple version is just such a perfect um tempo and it, it's slower because it was changed so many times that hearing the older the original version it just feels kind of it doesn't feel as as um it, it doesn't feel the same way you know what i mean i think hearing fiona apple's version i get the same effect that these people are getting you know from hearing the beatles version mm-hmm. and i think it's because i heard hers first and because the versions i've heard of the beatles are, are slightly different and maybe the tempo that she has is probably what the original tempo was set up for John Lennon did talk about how um, he hated the recording of it. He said that he, the guitars were out of tune. He was out of tune. And he uh, called shenanigans on Paul McCartney because he said that he didn't get the support that he needed for the song. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, this was towards the end of their, yeah. this is right around their breakup. I mean, Let It Be was their last album. So it was kind of tumultuous. Um, but despite all that, it's just so interesting that so many people still hold in such high regard and, there are people, even John Lennon himself said that he thinks that's the best, those are the best lyrics he's ever written. We didn't really talk about the lyrics much, but like the, you know, it's yeah. just, it's a, it's, it's the, the metaphors in there and, and how everything comes together. It's really nice. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably fair to say. Um, it's kind of crazy how much impact your like work can have on other people yeah. and, even if it didn't come together the way that he wanted to, someone else was able to take what was obviously still a great song. Yeah. And maybe see like the original intention behind it and, and make that happen. But that's interesting. I, I really like that. And I'm glad that so many people had positive experiences because I feel like there's like usually when you talk about like the impact work has on people, it's like kind of the opposite. It's like more of a negative yeah, story, but that's, that's cool. For sure. And, and the song itself is, is about, I mean, this is when they were getting into meditation and things and it, it's not about, you know, killing yourself. It's not about like losing a family member, but it's just about like going through a rough time and getting through it. Mm-hmm. And it's so ambiguous in that way, which is kind of perfect. Because it has all these meanings to different people and, you know, you interpret it as how it is. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's a testament. I mean, the song is originally written by John Lennon. So, she, you know, what Fiona Apple did with it, you can't do that without the original itself, mm-hmm. obviously. But I, I love that she kind of took it in that step and, and made it her own in a way without veering too far off the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like she she knew like she connected to the song in a way that she saw what it it was intended for or something. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, all right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Welcome. Uh, this was fun. Um, so yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this has been cover stories B sides. 
Um, stay tuned. Uh, we have a ton more episodes to go over, a ton more cover songs to go over. Um, and be sure to rate us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your uh, podcasts. Thanks.